0: This episode deals with sensitive subject matter, such as domestic violence. If you or someone you know is being abused, please seek help. The National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233. The cases discussed here are open investigations. All parties are innocent until proven guilty in the court of law. Hello everyone, it's Jess. Thanks for listening and sharing with your friends. This week's episode will be a little different than normal. We will explore the stories of two separate women who have nothing more in common than the fact that they would have done anything for the loves of their lives. You can decide for yourself if they love the wrong person or not. If their loved ones had anything to even do with their disappearance. But throughout this episode, I would like you to ask yourself, how far would you go for love? These are the stories of Jepsy Amaga Kalungi and Kelly Cribs Abad. Jepsy Amaga Kalungi was born in the Philippines on November 25, 1992. The eldest daughter, Tamarji Amaga, and she attended college at Colegio de San Antonio de Padua and graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Information Systems. It wasn't long after she graduated that she met a man named Dane Kalungi, who lived in the U.S. They met online, and in February 2017, Dane traveled to the Philippines and spent time with Jepsi. March 2017, Dane decided to sponsor her, and she received a K-1 visa. The K-1 non-immigrant visa is also known as a fiancé visa. In order to obtain a K-1 fiancé visa, you and your fiancé must intend to marry each other within 90 days of your fiancé entering the U.S. as a K-1 non-immigrant. Your marriage must be valid, meaning both you and your fiancé have a bona fide intent to establish a life together, and the marriage is not for the sole purpose of obtaining an immigration benefit. If your fiancé marries you within 90 days of being admitted to the United States as a K-1 non-immigrant, He or she may apply for lawful permanent resident status in the United States, a green card. If you have already married, plan to marry outside the United States, or your fiance is already resided legally in the United States, your spouse or fiance is not eligible for the fiance visa. At the time of receiving the visa, Gypsy traveled to the US and she and Dane started their new life together. Getting married July 27th, 2017. Only Dane had an established life and it seemed like Gypsy had never gotten a chance to construct what she had envisioned as her American dream. At least not in Colorado, which is where she relocated at first. Dane was an ex-Marine who resided in Colorado Springs, working as a manager in a warehouse, and sharing custody of a young son with his ex-wife. And if you look through some of the text exchanges between Dane's ex and himself, it may seem he was a little reluctant of ending their marriage. Then we can take into account his actions. It wasn't long after Gypsy moved across the world to be with him that he left her in the apartment they shared. He left for almost a month, leaving Gypsy with little food and no way to get any more. She had no car and no job. Where did he go? Work trip, maybe? Sadly, no. After getting into an argument with his new wife, he left her to stay with his ex. Gypsy waited for him to come back for three weeks. Instead of helping her build a life here in Colorado, It seemed as if Dane just abandoned her. So she contacted a friend in California and made the trip there. She didn't stay in California long before moving to Chicago, Illinois. It was there that she flourished, making a group of friends that would become a support system. She also had a nice apartment and an amazing job. Things were starting to look up. She had even been on a date or two. Dane was never far from her mind though. It was he who she married, made vows to, and he always stayed in contact telling Gypsy everything she wanted to hear, while telling his ex that Gypsy was crazy and had a drinking problem. I'm sure a few of you ladies out there can relate right now. But in February of 2019, Dane had finally convinced her that they were meant to be, and she could move back to Colorado Springs. He promised her she could have everything she had in Chicago and more. She could have him. But when she returned, she returned back into isolation, financial abuse. And after a self-proclaimed argument between Dane and Jepsey, Jepsey disappeared on March 20th, 2019. On March 26th, a friend of Jepsey's filed a missing persons report after Jepsey wouldn't reply and hadn't made any contact with her since the evening of the 20th. The friend was from Chicago, though, and didn't have Jepsey's new address, so they were not able to check the correct apartment. It wasn't until April 4th her new address was obtained and the apartment was searched, Jepsi's mother tried to contact Dane about her daughter's whereabouts, but was met with disinterest and poor communication. Dane was not interested in finding Jepsi until more and more people started to get involved, and then he made a long ranting Facebook post asking for information pertaining to her disappearance. Shortly after he posted on Facebook, it was taken down and he left the state to his fathers in California. He has been staying off the radar ever since. But where is Jepsi? There has been no trace of her since March 20th, 2019. There's no surveillance to even show her leaving the apartment, which is what Dane claimed happened after their argument. She has had no activity on social media, nor has her passport shown any sign of travel. So, what happened to Jepsi Amaga Kalungai? If you have any further information, I encourage you to reach out to Colorado Springs Police Department at 719 444. 7000. Jeffsy was 26 years old at the time of her disappearance. She is 4'11 and weighs 110 pounds, black hair, and brown eyes. She has a black mole above her lip and a small scar on her forehead. Again, if you have any information, no matter how small it may seem, please reach out to the Colorado Police Department. The number is 719 444 7000. I will be posting pictures of Jepsi along with screenshots of the Facebook post Dane made after Jepsi's disappearance. You can find us at Missing at 5280 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The next case we will be discussing was brought to my attention by a Facebook friend of mine. She requested that I tell the story of Kelly Cribbs Abad because she knew Kelly personally and wants answers as to what happened to her dear friend. This is not a Colorado case, but when I started looking into Kelly's story, it just fit. When you uproot your life for your loved one and dedicate yourself to them so much so, you travel around the world to live in a different country and be submersed in a different culture, the last thing you expect is to go missing. And then for the loved one you left for, to just not care enough to search for you is heartbreaking. Which is why I decided to add the story of Kelly Cribs Abad on to this week's episode. Kelly Cribs Abad was born as Kelly Cribs and grew up in the tiny town of Brooklyn, Georgia. She is described as always having a smile for everyone and never having met a stranger. Kelly was a medical assistant living at home when she met Vance Abad. He was in the Air Force and was stationed in Georgia, not far from where she lived. They married in 2006 and shared a typical military life, being stationed in multiple countries in a very short amount of time. They had two children together, a four-year-old daughter and a 22-month-old son, and were located in Okinawa, Japan, at the Kadena Air Base in October of 2011. They were coming to an end of their time being stationed in Japan, and Kelly had recently spoke with a family member about her excitement to be going to the next destination. On October 26, 2011, Kelly and her small family attended church service. They had driven in separate vehicles and had an argument at some point in time. When the service was over, Kelly took her two children and proceeded home. Vince stayed behind and wanted to speak with the pastor. When he returned, everything was quiet in the home and the children were tucked in, but according to Vince, Kelly was nowhere to be found. The next day, he called her mother, asking if she had heard from Kelly. She had not and was confused as to what Vince was telling her. It was unbelievable to her or anyone that knew Kelly for that matter, that she would just leave her two small children at home by themselves. And Kelly had always kept in constant contact with her mother and other family members. Vince finally reported her missing to the authorities the next day, October 27th, 2011. Then on the 29th of October, her Toyota Sport Utility vehicle was found at Kate Zampa, about 15 to 20 minutes away from the base. When it was discovered a few of kelly's personal belongings were found such as her id and cell phone there was also a strange note left behind it read love my kids love my hubby and parents bye and then vince claimed she had threatened to end her life during the argument they had on the 26th and some things started to fall into place well for the people who didn't know kelly at least her mother traveled to japan to search for her daughter She made multiple public pleas for any information, but there wasn't much. Luckily, a reporter for the Stars and Stripes, an American military newspaper, and a man who was eventually stationed there himself started looking into Kelly's disappearance. And that's when a few details came into focus. When it was reported that Kelly was seen leaving the base at 9-11 that night, no one could verify it was her driving the vehicle. There were multiple witnesses that say the car was not parked at the Cape before it was discovered on the 29th. They also found Kelly's shoes at the Cape with her vehicle. The rocks to the cliff are so jagged that it is very far-fetched that somebody would walk up to them without shoes. And it was noted that just a couple days after Kelly's disappearance, Vince was seen out partying at a local bar. And the fact that he was uninterested in finding his missing loved one started to raise questions in the people searching for Kelly. So they started comparing the suicide note to Kelly's handwriting and it was not a confirmed match. There was also no writing utensil found in or around the vehicle. The problem with these findings are that they were not made by law enforcement. The U.S. military had jurisdiction over her case because she is a citizen that had gone missing. But her vehicle was found outside the base that put it in Japanese jurisdiction both agencies have seemingly pushed the pace back and forth without making any real progress and Kelly has still never been found shortly after Kelly's disappearance Vince went on to marry his third wife a woman he had dated before he had met Kelly Kelly Cribbs a was 27 years old when she went missing she was 5 and weighed 115 pounds she had brown hair with highlights and green eyes she had a scar under her neck near her thyroid a large abdominal scar from surgery, a burn scar on her upper arm. Both of her ears are pierced. She also had a few recognizable tattoos. A tattoo on the upper center of her back that read, Redneck Angel, and a large gothic rose with vines on her right hip extending onto her right abdomen. If you have any information pertaining to Kelly's case, no matter how small, please contact her mother, Janice Cribbs at 912 678 or send an email to findkellynow at yahoo.com. I will also be posting pictures relating to Kelly's disappearance on our social media platforms. Again, you can find us at Missing at 5280 on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Please leave a rating or a quick comment. It really helps out the podcast. Thank you. Have a great week.